podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello, welcome back. All them things. Episode 115 of the Dishonomics podcast. Hashtag Dishonomics and all them things there. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. The podcasts are now on YouTube. This episode will not be because cameraman and studio guy Brent is out sitting with free shots in Croatia. So this week we're going to have to give YouTube a young miss. But there's three episodes out. One with Nigo, Daryl and Ed talking about grieving, which was way more funny than you will actually anticipate. Then we had another one, me and the lovely Monica Lee. And what was the other one? Oh, last week's me and my G, David Bell, talking about central banks and other macroeconomic things. This week, it is politics. And yeah, it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but definitely one of the most interesting and important because we're talking the conservative leadership battle. Why is this important? Some of you thinking, I don't vote Tories, I don't give a damn. Well, unfortunately for us, the concept, well, depending on how you align politically, the Conservatives are currently in power and whoever does win this leadership battle is going to be the next Prime Minister. Not very democratic, but it is what it is. So, let's start with the leadership election. So, in 2019, which is this year, the Conservative Party leadership election was triggered when Ulot's faith, Theresa May, announced in May, haha, <laughs> May, May, that she will resign as leader of the Conservative Party on the 7th of June. And as Prime Minister, once a successor had been elected. So, there were about 10 candidates. I've gone through this in one of my previous podcasts. Each one had their varying levels of experience and probability of winning. And they've been slowly whittled down to two. Funny enough, it's not going to be politicians who will decide who gets to be the next Prime Minister. It will be the party's grassroots member, members, shall I say, who will, describe this, who will decide between Jeremy Hunt and Boris Johnson as the man to succeed Theresa May. So these people pay about 25, so a score five a year, to be a member of the Conservative Party. And they have the final say who essentially runs the country. So... Whoever's paying £25 a year essentially has the, the authority to dictate who's going to be the next Prime Minister until the next election. They'll do so in a postal ballot and uh, when it will be announced in the week beginning, 22nd of July. So by next week, or so the week after this podcast, we'll know who is going to be the leader of the Conservative Party. There's about 160,000 members in this Conservative Party gang. And so 160,000 people essentially voting on who runs the country of 30 million people. Make of that what you will. Now, this is hashtag Dysonomics. We like to look at statistics and analyse them, provide context to give you a better understanding to arguments and scenarios. So, we've already established 
that 160,000 members are currently in the Conservative Party um, gang, should I say. I call them the Conservative gang. What is the makeup of these people? We've got a massive country from ages... You're allowed to vote from ages 18 upwards. So you've got a variety of different age groups, races, genders, occupations that can vote. And obviously, you'll tend to see trends between certain occupations or trends between certain age groups or genders or tax brackets. If you've got a Conservative Party membership by age group, from the ages of 18 to 25 is only 7%. 26 to 35 is 10%. So those tend to be the rough ages of listenership to my podcast. So 17% of the Conservative Party members are in my target audience. Interesting. 36 to 45 is another 11%. 46 to 55, 16%. 56 to 65, 18%. And the biggest percentage by a considerable distance, double the second biggest, 66 plus 38%. So four out of 10 Conservative Party members are above the age of 66 or 66. So their outlook on life is going to be very, very different to my outlook on life. Make of that what you will. So who are the candidates? I've already mentioned... Those two guys, one's name goes by the name of Jeremy Hunt, but the first one I'm going to go with is the favourite Boris Johnson, who used to be the Foreign Secretary. Those who have listened to my podcast or happen to follow me on social media know how I feel and how much I do not rate this gentleman. I do not. Some people have a theory where he's playing the game, he pretends to be the idiot, but he's a lot more intelligent than that. I don't buy that either. But <laughs> make of that what you will. So, let's give the stats. He's 54 years old. He's a clear favourite. The expected strong performance from the Brexit party, which is by Nigel Farage in the European party, Parliament election, means Conservative activists see Boris Johnson as a figurehead of the two, uh, 2016 referendum leave campaign. And he's one of the ones who's seen that, okay, this person can outdo Farage in that realm. Like, when it comes to the odd Brexit, we don't really like foreigners too tough, British values, all them and there. He's seen as somebody who could compete with Farage in that arena. And that faction of society is a lot bigger than you think. Living in London or Manchester, being an ethnic minority or part of the working class or living in multicultural societies or in workplaces and that, you're on Twitter, which is, you're going to be in your own little eco chamber. Don't get twisted. The reality outside of London, outside of your little bubble, isn't the same. That's why everybody was surprised when Trump won, because Twitter and the news media outlets weren't telling them that. That's why everybody was surprised when Jeremy Corbyn got way more votes than he did, because social media wasn't saying that. And same thing with Brexit. So back to Mr. Johnson. He is very, very committed to a hard Brexit. And that's quite critical to his support amongst the Tory activists, especially them backbenchers that were causing all types of wahala during Theresa May's trying to get some form of Brexit deal, which has been covered on quite a few podcasts. He was, surprisingly enough, a quite popular mayor of London, but 
he he's pretty much been obsessed with being prime minister, and it's co- turned him to be quite a controversial figure in Westminster. He is liked and disliked in pretty equal measure. He's very very polarizing, pretty similar to the likes of Paul Pogba, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. These type of people are very divisive. They're very polarizing. Some people absolutely love them. Some people can't stand them for varying reasons. However, Mr. Boris Johnson has a very, very poor reputation in across the EU when he was Foreign Secretary. His appointment as Prime Minister would probably harden the stance of some European leaders that is offering UK another extension on the Article 50 divorce paper, which, which is, of course, is Brexit. And we're not going to talk about Brexit because we're all tired. So, some of tail of the tape, would you like? You know when you see boxers and, you know, it's Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao and then they read their stats? Yeah, age this, height, weight, reach, knockouts. So, here's the tail of the tape for his political career. Seven years as an MP for Henley between 2001-2008. Eight years as a Mayor of London from 2008-2016. Four years MP for Uxbridge and South Ryslip. So, that's from 2015 up onwards and two years as foreign sec from 2016 to 2018 now the most important thing the policies what's his policies he vows to leave the eu by the 31st of october deadline but claims the chance of a no deal brexit is a million to one which i don't understand (laughs) but story for another day wants to negotiate a new brexit deal which will include replacing the irish backstop with alternative arrangements the irish backstop is very contentious and it's going to be quite hard to negotiate a deal after the European people are listen we already negotiated a deal and you lot didn't like it so all this renegotiate renegotiate this ain't EE you can't always be trying to change your contracts um, he will not hand over £39 billion divorce settlement with the, with the EU until the UK gets a new deal so he's going to hold that money for ransom we'll see how well that goes down in Brussels when it comes to immigration he wants an Australian style points based system so you want to consider factors whether a migrant has a firm job offer and their ability to speak English, which some could understand, some may disagree, might call it a bit, you know, xenophobic. But again, you could check out my immigration podcast when it comes to these ideologies. Um, Wants to block the ability for immigrants to claim benefits immediately after they arrive in the UK. So you can't just come into ends and just be out here claiming all types of things. Some can't understand why. Pledges to raise the tax threshold for for the higher rate to £80,000 rather than currently 50 k Many of my friends are fans of that, as, I, as am I. Pledges for more money for public sector workers and wants to increase the national living wage. We'll have to see. This is policies quite similar to many of our um, candidates and national living wage is always going to increase pretty much every year or two. Pledges more... Um, sorry, I just said that. We'll find more money to recruit an extra 20,000 police officers by 2020, 20, 2022. So here's where people start referencing their magical money tree. Where you're going to find the money remains to be seen. Rolls out a pay-for-access NHS, saying it will remain free to, for everybody at the point of use under his leadership. And he's previously said the money spent under the EU could be put into NHS. I'm not a fan of the rules out. I'm not a fan of rolling out the pay at a pay for access NHS I think that needs to be put in place but you can check out my podcast with Dr Lee there's at least two of those on that and it sounds a lot better than you think now he's up 
Mr. Jeremy Hunt, the current Foreign Secretary. Mr. Hunt, age 52, he was a peak, peak Remainer before the 2016 referendum and now has tried to build, and since then, has tried to build a reputation with the Tory rank and file as a hard Brexit youth. Which kind of doesn't make sense. Like, raw, like before you're riding for the ops, now you're riding for us. Kind of reminds me of Johnny Guns, for those who know, you know. Um, last year, he compared the EU to the former Soviet Union <laughs> in a speech to the Conservative Party conference, and he was heavily criticised for that, of course. Most of his current career, he has been health secretary, and he was very much hated by many NHS workers. His conversion from Romania to Brexiteer has left some Tories MP suspicious of what he truly stands for. And I think it's pretty obvious what he stands for. He stands for betterment and success of his own career. His leadership pitch will be that he's committed to Brexit, and he, but he can unite the party. Now, tale of the tapes times. He's been foreign secretary for just over a year. From 2012 to 2018, he was health sec. From 2010 to 2012, to 2012 he was culture sec. From 2007 to 2010, he was a, sad, he was a shadow culture secretary. So he was in that culture role for five years. And from 2005 to 2007, he was shadow minister for disabled people. Now, what are Baba Hunt's policies? Well, he wants to leave with a deal, but said he will back a no-deal Brexit with a heavy heart. So... I'll give it to him because I feel like sometimes you might have to go for the young no deal. We'll create a new negotiating team to produce an alternative Brexit deal to Theresa May's plan. I will engage with EU leaders over this in August. I will present a provisional no deal Brexit budget in September and decide by the end of the month if there's a realistic chance of a new deal, which sounds smart. Calls for flexibility on immigration, saying skilled workers should be prioritised, pledges to scrap the targets to reduce net migration to below 100,000. 100, I personally am a fan of this. It makes more sense. It's more strategic, more situational. And of course, if you want migrants, you want people that are going to contribute to your economy. So it makes sense to um, prioritise um, skilled workers. As an entrepreneur, he wants to turn Britain into this, the next Silicon Valley of, as a hub of innovation. Wants to cut corporation tax to 12.5% and wants to raise the point in which workers start paying national insurance to at least £12,000 a year. So businesses and workers will like that. Wants to increase defence spending by £15 billion over the next five years. So I'll be like, rah, what's going on here? I, do, I, would, I would like to point out that UK makes quite a lot of money from their defence and arms dealership. Wants to build 1.5 million homes to cr and create a right-to-own scheme for young people. So more Ponzi schemes when it comes to housing. Promises more funding on social care. Wants to target manufacturers on, on of unhealthy foods to make them cut sugar content. So these men are really trying to get our taste buds out of here. Pledges to write-off tuition fees for young entrepreneurs who, start, who want to start a new business and employ more than 10 people for five years. And wants to reduce interest rates for student loan debt repayments. So his policies are probably more attractive to me personally than Boris Johnson. And I really hate Boris Johnson, so it didn't take me much con con um, convincing to switch sides. But those are policies that I would like our listeners to be aware of, just in case one of these gentlemen win. Well, one of them will win. In terms of the odds right now, as of Odds Checker on the 12th of July 2019, provided by the BBC, 
Boris Johnson is a whopping 96.2% likely to win and Hunt 5.9%, which is quite sad because I think Hunt's a, a better human being, which is not very difficult, and has better policies. In terms of the candidates' experience, to wrap up, out of two, Jeremy Hunt, who, who replaced um, Mr Johnson as the Foreign Secretary last year, has more experience in government and has held more cabinet posts. He was, as I said, from 2010, he was made culture sec and he oversaw the 2012 Olympics before becoming health secretary. He was the longest serving health secretary, but of, of course, one of the most controversial. He clashed with unions over contracts for junior doctors, and he also took part in, who took part in a series of walkouts in 2015. So, to conclude, it's very, very likely that Boris Johnson is going to win. He has more equity and more popularity, unfortunately, than Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt's, of course, more experience, has better policies, and you can tell his experience has led to a bit more of a more diverse policy base than Mr. Johnson. But boy, Boris Johnson gets the people going. So we're going to have to wait and see for the next two weeks, see what happens. And then we're going to have to monitor what each gentleman, whoever gets in charge, likely Boris Johnson does in Parliament. And I'll keep you, of course, updated. So thank you for listening to this brief but important analysis and rundown of the two candidates to be our next Prime Minister on the Disnomics podcast. Some things that I would like you people to do. Firstly, make sure you head down to Trending Sundays this July... What's the date? Uh, it will be July the... This is very terrible. July 21st is going to be a day party vibe. So usually we do 6 or 12, but this Sunday we're doing 3 till 10. The weather's going to be very hot. Last time I checked, it's 25 degrees, very sunny. We have a nice outside terrace with heating. If it gets chilly, but it won't. There's shisha, there's games, there's music, there's food. A very, very good vibe. Check out at Trending Sundays. So that's T-R-E-N-D-I-N Sundays. So Trending about the G on Instagram. Or you can follow at Disunomics on Instagram, at underscore Nomics on Twitter, or at Big Man Use on both for any details. You could do birthday bookings as well, so hit us up. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Just type in Disunomics on YouTube, I come up. Same with Spotify, same with Apple Podcasts, and the most important of them all, tell a friend to tell a friend, spread the word. Thank you for listening. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.